loves icebreaker time. Would you rather work a 9 to 5 job that pays well but you absolutely hate knowing you could never pursue your passions? Or quit your job to pursue what you're truly passionate about not knowing if you'll succeed or not? On the show Take It From, the podcast for you and me with your host M. These are just the tip of the iceberg questions that help us get to know the co-host for that episode while allowing a safe environment for them to talk about things that don't always make us live, laugh, love. Along the way, we'll break out the liquid courage and get deep while having our fair share of laughs throughout the process. Now sit back and enjoy the segment and don't be surprised by who or what kind of advice you'll take from today. All right, my loves, welcome or welcome back to Take It From, the podcast for you and me with your host, M. We have such an exciting episode, and this is going to be a bonus episode since we are in a um, off-season, I guess. But Mikkel is going to be joining us as a co-host for this very important Roe versus Wade discussion. So Mikkel, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then um, we'll get into the rest of the episode. Well, thank you for so much for having me and for, you know, opening this conversation about the moment that we're in following Roe v. Wade. Um, like you mentioned, I'm Mikkel. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a lawyer in Washington, D.C., and I work for an organization right now called Physicians for Reproductive Health. We're a network of over 440 physicians across the country that are all dedicated to ensuring you and I and everybody else that they care for has access to the full range of reproductive health care, which includes abortion. Wow. <laughs> How did you get into this? Yeah, th- thank you for the question. Mm-hmm. My journey into the reproductive rights and health space has been a little wandering, but I was a social worker first mm-hmm. in my home state of Utah, and I got mm-hmm. a little frustrated only being able to, you know, fix, you know, certain parts of people's problems when like the real issue is these systems that are hurting us. Absolutely. And so I decided I wanted to get into policy. So mm-hmm. I went to law school um, out in Virginia and just, you know, took my first constitutional rights class when abortion was still in the constitution, uh, which is we were in a different time than we were then, but it, it led me to, you know, wanting to work in the reproductive rights, health and justice space. And that's how I landed here. That's insane. It just reminds me of the Lily Bond quote, like it's hard. But it is very hard. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. That's awesome though. And thank you so much for everything that you do. I feel like in especially in this day and age, I feel like saying like thank you for your service because of everything that I'm sure that you go through and also taking the time from your very busy schedule to you know fit this in. It's yeah. very much appreciated. So time for the icebreaker. Ready. All right. Now. Pick a number from one to 33. 27. Ooh, okay. All right. <laughs> what is the worst haircut you've ever had? Oh my God. <laughs> one time my stepmom like wanted to try to cut my bangs, but instead of cutting my bangs, she like cut my eyebrow and she cut like a diagonal across my face and so literally my neighbor put a bowl over my head and I had bangs that were this short oh and I have God. the second grade pictures to show how uncomfortable and awkward it was that definitely the worst. insane <laughs> hopefully you gave her the silent treatment for a little bit <laughs> she deserved it too. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy okay wow so then I, I definitely want to see some pictures of that if you send it 
but okay so I um before all this we went ahead and sent you some questions based off of some of the listeners concerns um you know post Roe v Wade and if you have them great if not I can always you know go down the list but um is there a specific like do you want to start specific let's just start at number one yeah I'm ready for them (laughs) well I'm actually curious did you anticipate this happening oh it feels complicated when I was in law school that was Mm -hmm. you know seven or eight years ago at this point Mm -hmm. you know no because it felt like such settled precedent um you know it's really important that the supreme court you know, make a decision to protect people's individual liberties and their, and their right to, you know, decide what's happening to their own bodies. But Mm -hmm. as I, you know, came into the work and the reproductive rights, health and justice movement, you know, we were watching as states were passing more and more egregious and harmful abortion Mm -hmm. restrictions. And so Mm -hmm. it felt clear where the movement was going. And then the 2016 election happened Mm -hmm. and Trump packed the courts with these radical anti-abortion judges and, you know, was able to, you know, nominate three extreme anti-abortion justices. And as soon as that happened, it felt clear that the writing was on the wall, that Roe eventually was going to be overturned. So no, it wasn't surprising. What was surprising was the pace that it happened at, at at least from my perspective. And you know, it's interesting because for someone that, I mean, I don't necessarily look at politics, you know, too intensely, but I think I felt like I was blindsided. So I, for someone that does not look at politics and for someone that really much is in this, like, you know, you're having to, um, you know, get up to date with everything that's going on currently. I'm sure it's like we had a different um, way of experiencing that, like the aftermath of it all. Yes, definitely. I mean, I think it was shocking to a Mm -hmm. lot of people, especially if you were watching what was happening in Texas, as I don't know where you are right now, but in Texas. Yes. So y'all have been experiencing a post row for over a year. And I think that was an indication to us on the policy level and the lawyers being like, oh, well, the Supreme Court should have never greenlit that, you know, should have never allowed that to happen. And so that was, I think, the big indicator. And then obviously we Mm -hmm. saw the draft leak and things like that. So there were, there were signals that it was going to go this Mm -hmm. direction. And of course it is very different to experience it in real time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, then let's go ahead and get into question one. Okay. So question one was, can states that have made it illegal to obtain an abortion press charges on a resident who has had an abortion outside of the state? This is a great question and one that is on many people's minds because Mm -hmm. it obviously is so anxiety inducing to think that if you live in a state where abortion is banned and you go to a state where abortion is legal that you could face criminal prosecution and charges Mm -hmm. against you that is in theory what these states like texas with texas's sb8 are trying to do they are trying to you know criminalize and prosecute people who have abortions, whether they are able to do that or not is an open legal question. And I think we can guarantee that the full legal community, at least 
from where I am sitting (laughs) will come to bat for somebody because under no circumstances should they be able to do that. That's not to say that they won't try Try to do that. And I think what's more important to think about is the chilling effect that this has, right? And the fear. And that is the point is to make it difficult and scary to try Mm -hmm. to get something that is so normal. Exactly. Other than there's a follow-up to that was, um, can someone still be charged if there was a report made that you sought an abortion outside of your state? So anybody can sue anybody. Each state as well. Okay. But anybody can sue anybody for any reason, right? That doesn't (laughs) mean that the legal charges will stick. That doesn't mean that somebody will be prosecuted, but it also doesn't change the fact that that is very intimidating and very scary. And Mm -hmm. that is what these aid and abet laws, like, and these criminal, like vigilante type style laws that Texas is, is imposing are, that's what it's trying to do. Right. (sighs) these questions are going to get better. <laughs> I don't know if they are. It's a- <laughs> well, I'm sure not on your end, but um, again, thank you for being here. Um, okay. So how will the overturning of Roe versus Wade dis- disproportionately affect women of color and minorities? Have you seen it going in that direction or being the case in that direction? Yes. So we know that barriers to abortion access and and the full scope of pregnancy related care are most harmful and fall disproportionately on people who are black, indigenous people, color, folks with disabilities, those in geographically isolated areas, Mm -hmm. LGBTQ plus folks, all the people that are already facing large systemic inequities Mm -hmm. are going to be hit the hardest. And we're seeing that play out in real time. I think what's important to know about abortion bans, Mm -hmm. like the ones we're seeing, is they are rooted in white supremacy and an effort to control people's bodies. And our nation has a long history of that, Mm -hmm. our our nation's history of slavery, our eugenics policies, where we forced people to be sterilized, or we forced them to use contraception. Abortion bans are an extension of that, and that is intentional. It's intentional. It's a way to reinforce this two-tiered system of healthcare and mm-hmm. keep people down. Yes. And I completely agree with that. I mean, um, I just, when I was researching, I saw uh, studies or just cases back in the day where people would go in for just a regular checkup and they would come out and either have like a vasectomy or not a vasectomy, but a, a tubal ligation or a ex- hysterectomy. Hysterme- yeah. yeah, exactly. And so it's just so scary to think that you know, that was even possible back in the day. And now it's like, we're kind of going backwards. Oh, I mean, yes. And if you think about our nation's like history of medicine, like how (laughs) the practice of obstetrics and gynecology developed, it was from experiments on enslaved black women. Yes. correct. And so it's only been an extension of that. And so acknowledging that history is incredibly important. And also naming the fact that abortion Mm. bans are rooted in that history. I like you. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So then question number three, are you guys already hearing from women about the effects of this on their access to birth control slash family planning? So the Dobbs decision, you know, obviously is scary for many reasons. It, it makes it so abortion can be banned and that obviously impacts a person's ability to, to plan their family. So that 
that is one aspect of this. And then the other aspect of this was the Supreme Court signaling that they wanted to go after other precedent, other constitutional rights, like your mm. right to contraception, like your right mm. to marry who you love. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a fear that is out there and it is a right. real one. But to be very clear, you still have a right to access contraception and that is still currently the case. So mm-hmm. people are experiencing barriers to family planning and contraceptive right. access, but for reasons outside of the Supreme Court's reproductive, I mean, um, Dobbs decision. So um, could, you go into, <laughs> could you go into a little bit about, about Dobbs? I don't think I'm, I'm familiar with that. So the Dobbs decision is the shorthand for the Supreme Court's decision that overturned Roe v. Wade. Gotcha. And okay. 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 Sorry for that. <laughs> no, it's like, no, you're good. Like, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Jargon. Um, it, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the Supreme Court's decision. And in that, in that, you know, the Supreme Court release, they overturned the right to abortion, mm-hmm. but they also signaled this desire or this opening to take away those other freedoms that we right. have that we rely on. Yes. And I think, um, that was the biggest thing. Um, cause I, I first was like, okay, well then if this is the only thing that we have to focus on, let's try to focus on this going forward and making sure that we can, um, you know, change the decision or what we can do as the people to change this decision. But then people started talking about, well, you know, gay marriage, um, you know, uh, interracial marriage and, you know, everything else in between could also be affected. Mm-hmm. Where could you see that playing a role and how that could be affected? Yeah. So it, it's a little bit wonky, sure. but the way the Supreme court decided Roe v. Wade is they said that there is this constitutional right to privacy and that's mm-hmm. not explicitly said in the Constitution, like many of our other fundamental rights, but mm-hmm. nevertheless, it was protected. And so mm-hmm. after they decided Roe, there were these other cases that came up about interracial marriage, mm-hmm. about the, you know, about um, your right to marry who you love. Mm-hmm. And so if you uproot a core holding yep. of that thread, you jeopardize those other everything else. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that is why there's this fear about the ripple effects of like, oh, well now the Supreme court has snatched this fundamental right away with very little justification or warning. They could do that to the other precedents that we hold very dear. Absolutely. And um, unfortunately that makes perfect sense. Okay. And then um, I'm going to go into one more question and then we're going to go into the break and then we'll get back into the rest of it. Okay. All right. So could the Equal Protections Act, or if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's amendment, Mm -hmm. um, contest the overturning since the law only affects people who can get pregnant? So I think this question is getting at something called the Equal Rights Amendment, which there is a big national push to get this amendment into the Constitution, adopted into our federal national. Yes. <laughs> so the amendment would basically say that you, you know, equality of rights under the law can't be denied by the United States or any state on account of sex. And so the mm-hmm. argument is because abortion is something that is, you know, based on whether you have a uterus, it right. impacts all people, but largely impacts women, that there are mm-hmm. real 
legal arguments that that violate that abortion bans and restrictions would violate the equal rights amendment if it were adopted into the constitution and there's a lot of arguments right now about whether it's already in the constitution like what the status of it is Mm -hmm. but i think the overarching takeaway is is that when it is put into the constitution you have to be hopeful yes right (laughs) fingers crossed (laughs) that there are real arguments that we could protect abortion access under that provision Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank- <laughs> yes, it did. It did. Okay. Awesome. So then let's go ahead and do this. We're going to go ahead and get into a break and then we'll get back into the rest of the questions. Great. All right, my loves, now is the perfect time to refill your wine glasses, restock that shikuchi board, or finally take that load of laundry out the dryer during this break. While you're doing that, we would like to take the time to show appreciation to the app Anchor for making it so easy to upload each episode to Apple and Spotify with just a couple of clicks for free. As a new podcast, it has taken immense stress off our shoulders, which allows us to do what we love most, consistently show up for you guys. Now, with that being said, Let's get back to the episode. All right, my loves, welcome back from the break. So again, we've got Mikkel. Mikkel? Yes, you got it. (laughs) Okay. Who um, is going through Roe versus Wade, uh, post Roe versus Wade's questions that you guys had for us. Um, And so we've got the rest of these here for you. And then at the very end, um, we're going to go through a very um, important website that I think you guys would really love. Uh, So let's go ahead and get on the the rest of the questions and then um, go from there. All right. So question five. How do we get to this state of place where the courts are suddenly switching to being hyper conservative? I think you mentioned a little bit about when Trump was elected. Um, you know, he elected just very conservative um, Supreme Court system. There's like judges. Mm-hmm. OK. Yeah. yeah. So how did we get to this place? <laughs> the courts? It's been a long coordinated campaign from Republicans to put judges at the lower level and at the highest level at the Supreme Court who Mm -hmm. are explicitly anti-abortion, who don't believe in the fundamental rights that we we hold dear and need. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because of that coordinated campaign and because it was so invigorating, frankly, to mm-hmm. the Republican base and mm-hmm. like a political way. Right. It meant that, you know, like it's been every time there's a vacancy, one of these judges gets put into right. our court system. And the final result is what you have now, where a Supreme Court is weighted. The balance of the court has completely shifted in a way that we haven't seen in a long time, where they're right. willing to overturn our fundamental rights, ignore precedent, come mm-hmm. to conclusions that may not be legally sound, but fit their agenda. And that's, that's a really difficult and hard reality, but it's frankly why the legitimacy of the Supreme Court is under question. And it feels fair given that long campaign. And this is coming from a constitutional lawyer. So if I don't believe in the Supreme Court or the constitutional system that we have, that's rough. That's a rough rough (laughs) thing. Exactly. And um, I was actually curious because, I mean, I've seen talks about this, um, just how it's it's 
they they bring up you know the church and even though there's supposed to be separation of church and power if i'm saying that right mm-hmm. um is it more of a church thing versus um you know funding the workforce in the future you mean like are is the supreme court making decisions based on their personal beliefs and their Correct. you know their religious affiliation. I mean, it's hard for me to know what's happening right. in the Supreme Court justices' head. And it feels very reasonable to say that you are, of course, influenced by your personal bias, by of your course. belief systems and all of that. So not to say that those belief systems are wrong or bad. I have no mm-hmm. commentary on that. What's difficult is it does feel like this Supreme Court is saying my religious beliefs should over your exactly rights and Mm -hmm. I and I don't think that is very that's not in the opinion that's me reading between the lines of what I know about Justice Amy Coney Barrett for example Mm -hmm. or Justice Alito and and so you know I think that that is my personal opinion and not an opinion that like is exactly held but that's one that I I do feel like there is an influence on this court from those personal beliefs okay all right well thank you And then um, question six. All right. So what are your fears of the result of Roe v. Wade being overturned and that we're not like essentially what we're not thinking of, um, you know, for someone being on the inside? Yeah. um, Well, that slippery slope that I referenced earlier about, you know, so now that they've overturned this fundamental right to privacy, they could go after all of these other fundamental rights. That's a big fear that I have. And I worry that that narrative isn't, you know, out there. I also think what's difficult is the same playbook that's been used to overturn abortion rights, they are now using to attack trans folks and to undermine, you know, protections for gender affirming care. And to, and so I think, like that is another arc of things mm-hmm. we'll see. And the other thing I think that needs to be talked about more is the fact that, you know, just because something isn't legal doesn't mean right. it's not safe. So we right. know that people can safely self-manage their abortions outside right. of the medical system. But right now the risk for them is legal. It's mm-hmm. those laws that want to criminalize people. And right. that feels very scary. Mm-hmm. Criminalizing people and doctors who are caring for us, that feels really, mm-hmm. you know, like what a sad world we live in because <laughs> that's like what we're grappling with. So those are my big fears. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't unfortunately think those fears are going away. I think this is going to be a long battle for all of us. Right. Y'all, we need to be all be in it together in a united right. front and show that like, we don't agree with these decisions. Look at what Kansas just did yesterday. That was What huge. did they do? They <laughs> voted down, a, <laughs> they voted down a ballot initiative to take, abortion protections out of their constitution, meaning that they can still protect abortion access. And Kansas is a huge hub for access in the South right now, given all of the abortion bans. That's awesome. And that's good to know as well. Yeah. And then this shows abortion is popular. Exactly. (laughs) It's your abortions. (laughs) Um, And then you had mentioned like essentially what we as like the people could do, um, goes into the next question like what else can we as a society do to fight this other than you know there's calling our representatives there's voting there's what is it what's the other one protesting like <laughs> outside of that like what do you, what else can we do all of those 
are really important things. And the other thing that, you know, I think it's important to remember is, is like, we are ultimately the ones that are going to be protecting each other and providing support for each other. So getting involved with your local abortion fund or practical support organizations that provide, for example, like lodging and transportation for people traveling, that's really important. It's also really important to spread accurate information about abortion. And so um, I don't have the list of websites or resources right. that I would recommend in mm-hmm. front of me, but I'm going to share them with you and maybe you yes. can add them into the absolutely. podcast. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'll, Use I'll, your I'll, tech skills. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, that's, let me see it. There's one more question. Um, that's it for all the questions right now. I mean, is there anything else that you wanted to, to touch base on? No, just thank you so much for having this conversation. These were all super thoughtful questions. And I I really feel like it's important to remember that we're not giving up. You know, it's a hard moment and Mm -hmm. we're going to be real about the impacts that we're seeing and how, you know, terrifying, frankly, it is in this moment. And we're not abandoning anybody. We're not abandoning the South. There's many people in these restrictive states that support abortion access. Our voices matter in those those fights. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, just remembering that it's a long arc and we need all of us and we got, we got each other. That's awesome. I think that was like one of the questions that I had in mind, but I completely forgot is what kind of, um, advice would you give to people that are just losing hope? (laughs) So I think that was perfect. You ended that perfectly. (laughs) Well, if you feel like losing hope, same. (laughs) We'll just keep at it. (laughs) Fake it till you make it, right? (laughs) A hundred. (laughs) Okay. And then uh, I think that's it for me. So then um, thank you again so much, Mikhail, for joining us on Take It From the podcast for you and me with your host, M. And Um, My loves, we will see you next time on season two of Take It From. Bye. Bye. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed listening to that episode as much as we enjoyed making it. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Take It From, spelled F-R-U-M, where you can leave reviews, good or bad. We want to hear from our loves. Lastly, I'd like to thank the app Anchor for allowing us to make this all happen. The Anchor app makes it so easy to upload each episode, which is then shared to Spotify and Apple with just a couple of clicks for free. Thank you again for listening to Take It From, the podcast for you and me with your host, M. And we'll see you next time.